All it took was one trade to get the second line on track last season, and boy, did they come up clutch in March. We'll talk about expectations for this year for line number two. Plus, we'll dive into some of the stats, and we'll rank them in the Central Division on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. If this is your first time tuning into Lockdown Wild, we welcome you on board. Make sure that you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any of our content as we get closer to the start of the regular season. Make sure you turn those notifications on so when new episodes drop, you don't miss out on the fun. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we take a look at the second line expectations for 2023-2024. We'll take a look at just how good the combination of Matt Boldy, Jewel Erickson, Eck, and Marcus Johansson was after Johansson was acquired uh, before the trade deadline. And we'll take a look at where that trio stacks up amongst the rest of the Central Division. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. And as we continue to move through Lockdown Wild Boot Camp, we're talking second line here today. And it was a unit that took a little while to get going. I mean, we saw a fair amount of Matt Boldy and Jewel Erickson uh, throughout the season together. That combination did some interesting things together. And Bill Guerin goes and gets an old friend in Marcus Johansson uh, before the trade deadline. And that combination absolutely took off, caught lightning in a bottle, and had just a heck of a time in the month of March uh, from a points perspective. All told, once that line combination was formed, they played in 17 games together, outscored their opponents by a total of 14 goals to four. And uh, they had an expected goals for of 5.46. Now the expected goals against was a little high at 4.23, but good numbers from a Corsi pers- uh, perspective at over 50%. And it just, it was a combination that really took advantage of some good opportunities first off, but then second opportunities as well. They out high dangered their opponents 36 to 26 in those 17 games. They did rack up 166 minutes together. So it's not like they just played a cup of tea. They had a relatively good um, sample size together to really put some of these stats to paper. Uh, In addition to the high danger chances for and against, Rebound attempts for against were 12-5 in favor of the Minnesota Wild. Now, what does that tell us? Well, you've got Marcus Johansson, who's the speed component of this line. Matt Boldy, who uh, is capable of scoring from really anywhere. And you've got Jewel Eriksson-Eck, who is the presence in front of the net. And 
you got those two guys shooting from wherever in the zone and Jewel Erickson Eck, very capable of camping in front and parking home a rebound. And that combination worked really well in the games that they played. Unfortunately, Jewel Erickson Eck gets hurt and that line just cannot capture the same magic with uh, Freddie Goudreau uh, in that same capacity um, as Jewel Erickson Eck was. So the hope this season is you get Jewel Erickson Eck fully healthy, you go Boldy, you go Johansson, and you go off of what they put down on the ice before Jewel Erickson Eck was hurt. It was a line that really invigorated Matt Boldy, who was at that point having a, a bit of a struggle for a season, and then his numbers just took off. Boldy had, in the month of March, 12 goals, 5 assists, 17 total points, Jewel Erickson Eck in the month of March, two goals, 10 assists, 12 total points in 14 games. And then Marcus Johansson in 14 March games, he had three goals, nine assists, 12 total points. And so that coincided as well with Kirill Kaprizov being out of the lineup. Somebody had to step up and Matt Boldy said, it's all right, fellas, I got this. And he just he kicked it up to a completely different gear, but it's not like he was just carrying the team by himself. Erickson Eck and Johansson were doing a great job of setting him up for looks, and it just was a, a combination that put up numbers that were very reminiscent of what we saw in their peak from Fiala, from Boldy, and from Freddie Goudreau last season. And so that's the hope here. I know as we've talked about these line combinations, there's been some uncertainty, potential um, to shuffle the lineup, some things that we'd like to see. And I know with some uncertainty on the top line, some uncertainty on the third line, we've talked about the idea before of maybe pushing Ryan Hartman to a third line role to allow for an opportunity for either Marco Rossi or for Jewel Erickson Eck to pop up and play on that top line to give Rossi an opportunity in the top six. Well, the more I think about it, and that's been the what I've tried to do with all of these is to just put down what the coaching staff's going to do. I don't think this combination is going anywhere. So we're going to get a very representative sample size of Erickson Eck, Boldy, and Johansson to be that second scoring line that can take pressure off of Kirill Kaprizov when teams throw that top defensive line at them, well, then you're picking your poison. So the hope is for this team that these guys can be that complementary scoring line and can carry this team when things on the top line aren't going well, it can't be all Kirill all the time. Other lines have to step up. And I think coming off of what we saw this past season with just historically bad inept stretches of offense, I don't think we'll see that same thing this season. I think the offense will open up a little bit which leads you to what this line was able to do in 17 games. Now, maybe they don't score at that same pace, but honestly, if you can get anything even close to that level of scoring, um, 
you're going to be in a uh, really good, really good spot. And I'm actually going to do the math here. So 14 goals in 17 games is 0.82 goals per game over an 82 game season. That'd be 67 goals between the three players, which leads you to you split that up. That's 23 goals a piece, roughly. Pretty doable when Matt Boldy is just coming off of a 31 goal season. Jewel Erickson Eck had 23, and Marcus Johansson had 19. Is it attainable, though? That's the big question, and that's what we'll dive into next as we take a look at some of the needs. We'll talk about the injuries and uh, things along that line as well as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. Our next partner is a product I use on an everyday basis. And honestly, it comes down to this for me. When trying to get more vitamins and supplements into my system, I want something that's simple. I want something that's easy. I want something that I don't have to take time right as I'm trying to get out the door so I'm not late for work and have like seven or eight different bottles of supplements in the morning. And AG1 does that. It's just one scoop in a glass of water every day, and you're getting 75 high-quality vitamins and supplements to help with everything from your energy throughout the day to your gut health. And so if that is something that you are looking for, a comprehensive solution for your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Again, drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out today. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, we will go a little more specific for the second line on tomorrow's show as we'll talk about Matt Boldy and what we can expect from him for this season. Now, keeping it on the second line as a whole, we had two players on this line that got injured down the stretch. Now, I know Jewel Erickson X was fluky. It was a shot that he went to block that ended up breaking his leg. Odds of that happening regularly are not very good. And Jewel Erickson Eck is, above all else, an absolute gamer. He is just somebody that we, we saw how it played out. I know it didn't work out the way that we were hoping it would with him battling all the way back to get into game three, play for 19 seconds, and that was it. But the fact that he even put himself in position to do that speaks to the level of compete and the level of uh, just trying to do whatever he needs to do to help this team out is, is something that I think a lot of players on this team should take note of. And not only that, but Erickson Eck, widely regarded as one of the biggest pests to play against when he's out on the ice, when he's battling for possession in front of the neck, on face-offs. And yet I found it very interesting in Bill Guerin's town hall uh, with KFAN that he pointed out the fact 
that especially down the middle in the area of faceoffs, that every center that this team has needs to be better, needs to be meaner, needs to be tougher in the area of winning faceoffs. I don't think it was directed as much at Jewel Erickson Eck, but if there is kind of an identity that I think this line could draw from, it's Erickson X being just an uncomfortable matchup out there on the ice. And we saw Matt Boldy, I think, have some of this rub off on him at points late in the season where you could see Boldy showing some frustration as to how things were going out on the ice, depending on who the opponent was. And we see him being a little more physical and not afraid to mix it up out there with the opponents. And so if you can take this trio that scored at a really good rate last season when they were on the ice together and you give them a little bit of that meanness, that toughness, that, yeah, we're going to score on you and we're going to make it really tough for you to do anything besides that. Uh, That, I think, is something that could really work uh, for this team. But really, we talk about the grit and everything like that. This is a line that has most of the skill on this team outside of the Kaprizov line. You've got Marcus Johansson, who has the speed element. Matt Boldy has the stick handling abilities, the playmaking abilities. And so you're seeing more of the skill from this team on this line. And so as much as I want to say, you know, that this team needs to, this line needs to add the other elements to their game point blank of above all else. This line has to score. This line has to score this season to avoid the stretches last year, where if Kaprizov's not scoring a goal, nobody is. It's a combination that worked well together last year when everyone was healthy. But as we alluded to, Jewel Erickson Eck missed a couple of games. I'm not as worried about that as I am about Marcus Johansson, who got hurt at the near the end of the season and just wasn't the same guy through the course of the postseason. And for Johansson, he has had injury issues at points throughout the course of his career. His first stint with Minnesota dealt with those injuries off and on uh, throughout uh, the course of the season. I believe it was either broken leg or broken foot there that really limited him to uh, what he was able to do um, while he was out on the ice. This second go-around, much better. Much more able to provide that speed element that this team was just lacking. And so if those three can stay healthy, then this is going to be a problem line for other teams in the Central Division. Some of the other teams up near the top of the list that have that depth to be able to contend with this, to counter this line, maybe not as much. But for some of these other fringe teams, this is going to be a line that's going to cause some problems. And especially because I just, I don't see a way in which the possession numbers are as bad for this team this coming season as they were last year. I just, I don't see a way that that repeats whether it be players, them taking things into their own hands or 
schematic changes that lead to better zone entries and things along that line. I just don't see a situation where it seems like the puck is with the opponent every time the Wild are on the ice. Now, it's probably not going to be the way it was two years ago when the Wild were the ones with the puck all the time, but somewhere in between those two would be just wonderful. So this is a line that needs to score. It's a line that should be able to create some mismatches with puck possession, with taking advantage of rebound opportunities, and just creating additional opportunities and really forcing teams to have to pick. Okay, tonight, we've got one good defensive line. We either have to throw that at the Boldy line or the Kaprizov line and putting teams in positions where they don't feel like either is a good matchup. That's what a second scoring line can do for you. And so if this line does that, we're going to be in good shape. If they don't, players get hurt or are inconsistent and this line doesn't score, and then all you have to do is worry about shutting down the Kaprizov line. That's where the problems come in. So that's what we need from line number two. Now, how do they rank compared to the other teams in the Central Division? We'll take a look at what other Central Division teams have on their second line as we finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. If you are new to Lockdown Wild, we encourage you to head over to YouTube and check out the very robust comments section. Get in on the conversation. We have uh, many everydayers who cultivate great conversations on a daily basis. So hop in, leave your thoughts, and uh, let us know what you think of today's episode and future episodes as well. So looking at these other Central Division second lines, let's just roll through and see if the Wild are better or if we think the other team is better in this regard. Uh, We'll start off with the Arizona Coyotes. Now, this is from the Daily Faceoff, who is usually, they're usually pretty on it. But at this point in the offseason, things really haven't been settled per se. So we're going to go with what is suggested here. Obviously, things will probably change between now and the regular season, but it just gives you kind of a baseline as to where we can go. Now, the Coyotes have for their second line, Matias Michelli, Logan Cooley, and Jason Zucker. And I love Jason Zucker. I think Logan Cooley is going to be really, really good. Uh, It may take him a little while to kind of get comfortable at the NHL level. He's either going to, he's either going to hit the ground running and be just fine, or it's going to take him a little while to kind of get comfortable with life as an NHLer. And I don't know a ton about Michelli. So I'm going to say that the wild second line is better than Arizona uh, to start it off. Although as, as I've said on previous shows, I, I really like what Arizona did this off season. They're going to be a pain to play against, but in this case, I think the Wild have the better second line. Over to Chicago, Andreas Anthonisiu, Tyler Johnson, and Taylor Radish is what the Blackhawks have on paper. 
And similar situation here. I still like what the Wild have a little better. You have Anthony Siu who brings the speed like Johansson does. Maybe a little better at scoring than Marcus Johansson, but Jewel Erickson X better than Tyler Johnson and Matt Boldy's better than Taylor Radish. So I would uh, I would give the Wild the edge against Chicago's second line as well. Now, here's where it gets interesting, because for the Colorado Avalanche, you've got Arturi Lekkanen, Ryan Johansson, and Valeri Nishuskin. This one is really close, and I think probably I would have to go. See, this this depends on what you think of Ryan Johansson at this point. He is trying to reclaim some of his former glory with the avalanche. And so right now, maybe I would say that this is a wash between these two, because I, I really like what Lekkanen and Shuskin bring to the game. And if Johansson can get back to where he previously was, then this one is really close. But again, if we're going on, you know, head to head, I think Boldy and Erickson Eck win their matchups. So maybe, maybe I'll actually flip it and I'll say that uh, I, I think the Wild have a better second line here. Um, but this one is close. I'll I'll say the Wild have the better second line, but I'm going to say that this one is close too. So that's the Avs. The Dallas Stars, Jamie Benn, Wyatt Johnston, and Evgeny Dadanov. Uh, this is one I think that Dallas will win. Wyatt Johnston was fantastic this past season. Jamie Benn is Jamie Benn's reputation precedes him. And it's gonna be interesting for Dallas if Ben does not have a similar season as to the one that he just put up with um with as many goals and points as he had. Uh, so if he, if he kind of down, down slides and Johnston does not replicate what was a fantastic rookie season for him, then the wild closed the gap here. But for right now, I'm going to say Dallas has the better second line uh, of the two. But again, that one is close. Then of course you have the Nashville predators who have Dennis Gurionov, Tommy Novak and Luke Evangelista. Love Tommy Novak. He had a uh, great end of the season for the Predators, but I got to give the Wild this one. Uh, I think Novak, maybe in a, a season or two, could be on par with with Erickson Eck. Um, but at this point, right now, I think the uh, the Wild are better there. St. Louis, Brandon Saad, Braden Shen, Kasperi Kapanen. Again. <laughs> I'm I'm going wild. Um, now, there could be a conversation for further down in the lineup, and I didn't do the third line because I would take most other teams' third lines over where things are at right now with the Wild, and so I just flat out skipped it. But I would say that uh, the Wilds get the edge there. And then the Winnipeg Jets, Cole Perfetti, Gabe Velarde, and Alex Iafalo. Say what you want about Cole Perfetti. I think Velarde and Iafalo was a great acquisition for the Jets. 
in the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. And so I'll give the Wilds the edge here. But if those guys perform well, Winnipeg could have a pretty good second line themselves. And so I think of right now, the Wild have maybe the second, the second, maybe third best second line in the division. Now, if you expand that out to the Western Conference, obviously you start to get into Leon Dreisaitl territory where they'd be a f- little bit further down the list, but at least for the central division purposes, that should be a line that is able to exploit some mismatches as the season rolls on. And so there you have it. Second line should be primed for a good season as a combination, assuming health and assuming that um, they don't have to deal with any curses or anything throughout the year that sap them of their scoring power. If they can avoid all that, we should be in for a dandy season for that second line. And we're going to need it because uh, somebody's going to have to take some pressure off of line at numero uno. Uh, that will do it for today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Again, if this is your first time tuning in, we thank you for joining Locked on Wild Nation. Make sure that you subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. Leave us a uh, review. If you have feedback you'd like to uh, get across, just tell us how we're doing. Um, we appreciate those as well. And uh, like I said, just hop in and uh, join the comments section. Great conversation on an uh, everyday basis, uh, no matter the topic from the uh, Lockdown Wild listeners. We have new content for you every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.